We are back. It is Dynasty Decisions, episode number 103. This is where we talk about your guys' dynasty teams. You submit them. We break down your trades. We break down your teams and what direction you should be going. A lot of you guys asking, where am I at in the queue? Every video or every uh, team that we're talking about in this video is actually a site subscriber. So unfortunately, those free submissions are going to have to wait, but we will hopefully get to some of them here soon. But uh, before we get into it, Danny, how you doing? Doing well, doing well, ready to break down your guys' dynasty teams and get you guys on the right path to complete your goals, whether you're in a rebuilding situation, whether you're a contender, we're here to help you guys attain those goals like I just mentioned. Yeah, for sure. So let's not waste any time. If you enjoy, leave a like, subscribe. Like I said, if you want to skip the line, get into the next video as soon as possible. Sign up over on flockfantasy.com, promo code FSE. Our rookie draft guide is officially live, so you'll also get access to that. You'll also get access to all of our databases. So not just Dynasty Decisions Priority when you sign up over there. Check it out if you're interested. But with that being said, let's hit the intro. All right, so first team that we're going to look at here is from Mark Spear. He is a Mother Flocker tier member. Uh, 12-team PPR, six-point-per-passing touchdown, super flex league. Josh Allen and CJ Stroud, hell of a quarterback core. JT, Bijan, Kenneth Walker, and some pretty good depth with Roshan, Zach Charbonnet, Kendra Miller there. Justin Jefferson, Chris Olave, Jordan Addison, Tank Dell, Josh Downs, Trey Palmer, Jahan Dotson, Khalil Shakir. A lot of upside, Marvin Mims, even Cedric Tillman. Sam Laporta and Dalton Kincaid of the tight ends somehow has the first three picks in this year's rookie class. You're going to see why when we get to his trade. But regardless, Mark, I know you probably waited a little bit for us to get to this team, but uh, this is a loaded roster. And I can honestly say I've never built a team this good. Yeah, and I mean, it, uh, it's understandably so when I see uh, the type of woodsheds you're taking your league mates behind because holy crap. 9-14, September 14th, I'm assuming that's in season. You trade away Clyde Edwards-Hilaire in two seconds for Jonathan Taylor. This is probably when he was uh, in lockout or whatever or missed, like, missed the first few games. You end up capitalizing. I don't care how what situation that person was in. Selling Jonathan Taylor for this price, like that's inexcusable. I don't know how you pulled this off, but uh, that, that guy's feeling the effects of the woodshed. Let's just say that that might have been the best trade or the worst trade that you made. Sorry. Like the rest of your trades are even more of woodsheds that that might have been the worst trade that you made. And you got JT essentially for two seconds. He does say this past year was his house money year. He said things really didn't pan out. And I finished with the third pick. It panned I mean, out. that's the benefit of being a house money team is that when things go poorly, you have a lot of draft assets and you have a lot of capital to reload your team, and then hopefully go into your next season. When we say your team is in a house money year, it just means that you're not a contender until the following year. It's just that if things break right, maybe you could contend in that year. And if worst case scenario, you finish with like the third pick or whatever, you're going to have high-end draft assets to help reload your team. So he does say he plans on taking Marvin Harrison Jr. and Malik Neighbors with the 1-1 and 1-2. He said, should I take Caleb Williams with the 1-3 or trade it for a haul? I guess you have all three picks, so it doesn't really matter which one you actually spend it on. Two and three um, he said, I think this team can compete this year. Any advice or moves to make uh, how to manage this in season would be great as well. Two and three should be traded, or if, you, if you're set on taking Caleb Williams, you're trading one of Josh Allen or CJ Stroud, realistically. The reason why I say two and three should be traded, if you're planning on taking Malik Neighbors at the one or two, as much as I like Malik Neighbors, like, dog, go try to grab CeeDee Lamb. Go, to try, uh, go try to grab Jamar Chase. Go try to grab 
uh, like a, an elite number one wide receiver to pair with Justin Jefferson. As much as I love Malik Neighbors, if you can transition, maybe it costs the 102 plus a little bit. Like maybe you have to throw in, I don't know, if you're looking at the roster, um, Zach Charbonnet in a future two, and that gets you CeeDee Lamb. Go consolidate, man. Go buy some fucking hammers. And this team, with the setup, if you were to tell me this is your squad without having the 101, 102, 103, I would probably have assumed that you were a top contender on the league. The fact that you yeah. have the 101, 102, and 3 on this team, I mean, good luck to your teammates. Yeah, literally. If you wanted to sell the 101 for Jamar Chase right now, and you wanted to sell the 103 for A.J. Brown right now, and then spend the 102 on Marvin, or spend the 102 on uh, Caleb or something like that, then you could easily do that. I actually probably wouldn't spend these picks because the rest either. of your team is already in their prime. So what you should probably do instead is go get other players who are still young, like CeeDee Lamb, like uh, Jamar Chase, like, you know, whatever guys you want to go after, maybe Jameer Gibbs or Brees Water Hall or something specifically, like that. I would say. You absolutely could go and do that because there's actually no real risk of you for taking yeah. Caleb Williams. Like, I would definitely want to add a third quarterback, given that Josh Allen, CJ Stroud are the only two startable guys that you have but you don't necessarily need to do it for a stud quarterback. You could trade the 101 for Jamar Chase and Will Levis, for example. You know what I mean? Like you could yeah. get him as a third quarterback just to backfill some production there. But again, worst case scenario, yeah. I would stick and pick Caleb Williams, Marvin Harrison, and then maybe trade down from 103 and get Malik Neighbors if you're dead set on getting him. But regardless, you're in a great spot. And we could go through the other trades really fast <laughs> yeah. because this is how you got to said great spot. Kyle Pitts, Tutu Atwell, Sam Howell, Bryce Young, Rashid Jaheed. You sell these assets, none of which are top four or five round startup picks. They're all like Pitts uh, and Bryce Young are the best assets in this deal on your side. And they're like fifth, sixth, seventh round startup picks. You got CJ Stroud as a top five startup pick. You got Sam Laporte as a tight end one in Dynasty. And you got the 2024 first, which was probably Another first considered late pick. at the time. It is now the 101. Okay, I, I'm trying to contextualize how that guy trades his 2024 first in this package without thinking it's going to be late. But the problem that I have with this is how can you think a first is going to be late and end up being the 101? Like, I understand if it was like, oh, it ended up being the 105 or the 106 because the guy barely made the playoffs because he got unlucky with some matchups. That's one thing. But missing on an evaluation of, oh, this is going to be a late one and it turns into the 101, I don't know how you make this trade. And again, like if I'm contextualizing it at the time, it's probably, oh, 2-2 Atwell's performing well. You know, Sam Howell looks like a, a quarterback, too, at the time. Maybe Washington's not going to move on from him. And then at that point, I would say, uh, what, when this is October 4th. You buy Kyle low Pitts, on Bryce Young, too. Maybe Kyle him and CJ Stroud, which still may be thought of to be relatively in the same tier. But, I mean, at the I mean, time, it, Sam Laporta and Kyle Pitts should have already probably been leaning Sam Laporta at that point in time. Now it's not even close. Yeah. CJ Stroud and Bryce Young, it should have already been leaning CJ Stroud at the time. Now it's not even close. And then the first, again, even if you assume that was going to be a mid first when you traded it, it's just a misappropriation of assets by the guy that made this trade because you bought take junk, it. essentially. You bought a bunch of stuff for some elite assets. CJ Stroud is worth this package by himself. The 101 is worth this package by himself. I could make the argument that Sam Laporta is also worth his package by himself. So um, great move, obviously, on yeah. your part. Gus Edwards, Josh Reynolds, Demario Douglas, all random options that we're producing to yeah, get Jahan Dotson. Dotson hasn't really worked out so far. So I, I would say you probably maybe even lost this trade given the production that you gave away with Gus Edwards, Josh Reynolds and pop Douglas. But I like Jahan Dotson long-term yeah. still. So I don't mind taking the shot on him. 
I mean, at this point, Gus Edwards and Josh Reynolds, like you don't care if you lose them out of your roster, especially with the roster that you have. It's more so just your flavor. If you prefer Jahan Dotson to Demario Douglas, I don't mind making this deal. Like I view them as relatively similar projections. Uh, if you if you favor Douglas or if you favor Dotson, I really don't think there's a wrong or right answer either way. So if you prefer Jahan Dotson, I don't think you're going to sleep at like at night losing Gus Edwards and Josh Reynolds in this. Yeah, no, literally. And I mean, he made a couple other smaller moves here before we get to the big one. He sold John Smith for a third on October 26th. Great move. He sold Josh Dobbs for a second on uh, November 15th. Again, this is how smart dynasty players get ahead. It's like when casual dynasty players need a quarterback, they'll send a second round pick for a useless asset, basically. And Josh yeah. Downs right now, or Josh or Dobbs, not Josh Downs. Not a great, not a great trade for that guy, but great moves on your part. Uh, you know, we always preach doing similar things with fodder type of pieces like Josh Dobbs. The last trade that he makes here, uh, Christian Watson, Calvin Austin, Parker Washington, 106, 107, and his 2025 first by the looks of it for B. John Robinson and 102. Contextualizing this trade, Calvin Austin and Parker Washington, who cares? Not worth anything. Yeah. Christian Watson and the 106 and the first is probably worth B. John, in my opinion, give or take. Yeah. Uh, The 2025 first. And then it's you got 102 for 107 for free. Yeah, any way you slice it here, even if you just said, oh, uh, this league's a little bit more worried about Bijan, so his valuation's the 106 and the 107. Okay, fine. At the end of the day, though, I mean, Christian Watson in the 25 first for literally the 102, which is going to be Marvin Harrison Jr. or going to be Caleb Williams, or could end up being C.D. Lamb. If you if you take the 102 out of second in like a Charbonnet, you can get a C.D. Lamb and Jamar Chase. This is the type of trade that you need to make in this spot having the ample amount of assets, consolidating them down and giving yourself a position to where if you want to attack the top end assets in dynasty fantasy football, you have desirable assets that people want to have back. If you were to come to someone with Jamar Chase and say, Hey, I'd, I'll give you Christian Watson, Calvin Austin, Parker Washington, the one Oh six and the one Oh seven. Like they're probably their answer is going to be, well, I need a better asset back. Like I don't want to give Jamar Chase for a bunch of spare parts. Yes. It's nice. The accumulation here, but I want at least one asset I can look at and say, that's going to be on my team for the long term. Well, guess what? Having the 102 or having Bijan Robinson to throw into some of those trades, you're much more uh, likely to get a deal done. Yeah, crazy, crazy good move there. I think we can move on from his team because yeah. people are probably upset we're spending so much time on a team that is absolutely loaded. <laughs> but regardless, sometimes we need to talk about the situation because your goal at this point now, Mark, is just consolidate assets and go dominate your league for the next Acquire the three to five years like you're probably set to do at this point in time. Go out and acquire the Infinity Stones realistically because you're Thanos with this team. Yep. So let's get into Brandon's team here. He is a mother flocker as well. It's a 12 team, six point for passing touchdown, half PPR, half wide receiver premium. So it looks like a tiered PPR. It's, you know, half for running backs, full for wide receivers, and then one and a half for tight ends. Super flex league, uh, Joe Burrow, Deshaun Watson as the main quarterbacks, Brees Hall, Devon Achan, Zach Charbonnet, Kendra Miller, Chase Brown, some other guys there running back. Puka Nakua, JSN, Elijah Moore, Wandale, Jahan Dotson, Pop Douglas. Again, similar names actually on this team than the last team. Kyle Pitts, Michael Mayer uh, as the main tight ends. Does have a lot of draft capital as well. 102, 105, 109, 111, 202, 203. You're going to be adding a lot more wide receiver talent, most likely with a lot of those picks. 2025 first, you do have an extra one as well. So again, another team that's in pretty good shape. No uh, no train wrecks like uh, the last video. Sorry, Corey, but we know you're making moves now, so that's good. Oh, yeah. Brandon 
is the guy that we're talking about here. Different scoring options, like he said, it is a tiered PPR. Um, and he said it's 0.1 per carry and point five and five point passing touchdowns. So a little bit of an odd scoring format, but he said any moves you'd look to make, he says the 101 owner claims that they are going Marvin Harrison at one and they have a veteran good quarterback, so he doesn't doubt them. So it looks like they already have a good quarterback core. They're drafting for need, which is not something we usually recommend, but in that situation, I can understand how they're getting there. Um, I should be thrilled to take Caleb Williams at two, but he yeah. wants neighbors and he's afraid he won't make it to five. He's like, would it be dumb to take neighbors at two over Caleb? You can't. And take the last remaining quarterback at five. You can't take uh, neighbors over, over Caleb at two. Like as much as I love Malik neighbors, as much as I think he's going to be the instant he's drafted a top eight to 10 overall dynasty wide receiver, the buzz on Caleb Williams, the prospect that he is going for, he needs overall, a quarterback like, on this team too. It's you, not that you like you a have a loaded quarterback or like you need a quarterback like Joe Burrow and Deshaun Watson. That's fine. That's solid. But I would much rather have Watson's my QB three than my QB two. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I mean, like, if you're really worried about losing out on Malik Neighbors, instead of taking him at two and passing on Caleb Williams, can you take the 105 and maybe, like, if you're extremely worried he's not going to make it back, add the 203 and move up to 103, like, to ensure that you get it? I would much rather do that than pass on Caleb Williams. If I have to expend the, the 203 in this package, if I can walk it, uh, away with Caleb Williams and Malik Neighbors, I'm not worried about losing the 203 point rank. Yeah, and even better, try and see if there's a truther for one of your depth wide receivers or yeah. something. You know what I mean? Like, if the guy's like, oh, I want 102 and, uh, or sorry, I want 105 Pop and 111 Douglas. for you to move up to 103, maybe you can get away with 105, 203, and Wandale Robinson instead. You or know what Pop I mean? Like, Douglas. that's maybe yeah. what it's going to take for you to move up. Again, worst case scenario, like, you miss out on Malik Neighbors or he does fall to 105, and it's very likely that he does fall to 105 for what it's worth, yeah. because if you go with Caleb Williams at 102 and Marvin's gone already, there's a good chance, look at the needs of the rosters that are picking 103 and 104, if they need quarterbacks, then Jaden Daniels and Drake May might be off the board as well. Yeah, exactly, and I mean, even if Jaden Daniels falls to you, you're in a position now where you got Caleb Williams, you have the asset that is Jaden Daniels. I'm sure if you were to go to your league market and say, Jaden Daniels available. If you need a quarterback, hit my Watson inbox. Watson too. You could sell off Watson if you wanted as well. Looking for draft capital, looking for wide receiver help, let me know. And I mean, as long as the it's a competitive league and as long as there's just not a bunch of sleaze bags that are trying to lowball you, like you should be able to get a top 25 overall asset or that uh, evaluation of a top 25 overall asset, which is what I think Jaden Daniels is going to be worth by the time Superflex rookie drafts come. Yeah, so I would say if you're worried about neighbors falling to 105, I would say maybe don't be, depending on the le the needs of 103 and 104. If they have like loaded quarterbacks and no wide receivers, maybe you'd be worried about that. But you could also, again, inquire, like Danny said, see how much it costs you to move up from 105 to 103 or to 104 or whatever to make sure that you get Malik neighbors. Because at 109, at 111, at 202, and at 203, I mean, you're going to walk out of this draft with like Worthy, Franklin, Brian Thomas, you know, some combination of like a couple receivers and maybe you add another running back too. Like if you get a, at 202, you can get RB1 off the board or maybe RB1 costs you 111 because you got a great landing spot and good draft capital. That's, you're in a good spot. I mean, like you have a really well-stocked, you know, cabinet of assets here. In addition to a pretty good team, you just need a little bit more firepower at wide receiver, especially given the tiered PPR nature of the scoring here. Your tight end core is probably good enough to win. Your running back core, once you add maybe one more guy, is probably good enough to win. You add Caleb Williams to this quarterback core, it's good enough to win. And oh, yeah. then you have, you know, a, a bunch of dart throws at wide receiver. You're going to be ready to go. Yeah, I mean, like the, this is a great wide receiver class to be able to add. On top of all that, like, Worst case scenario at the 105, if you lose out of Malik Neighbors and you're not able to package, you know, the 105 pick for a wide receiver talent or even to move up for Malik Neighbors, like 
at that point, maybe you consider, okay, well, I can't get Malik neighbors. I can't get a wide receiver like that. Can I trade down to 106? Maybe that guy needs quarterback bad and knows the picks on the market. Can I get 106 plus a second and end up with Romo Dunze? Like that, that's another. You, you could go Bowers too and trade one of your tight ends. That's yeah. another like an additional move that you could make. You maybe move down from 105 to 107 because you know Bowers is going to be there, and you sell off Kyle Pitts for two second round picks or something like that. Like it's possible you could do something like that as well. So a lot of flexibility with this team. He does have some trades yeah. listed here on October 22nd, 2023. He sold off Jerome Ford for a second round pick. Again, very good process move. Sharp. Definitely don't. Uh, you know, hate anything about that. Mahomes, he ended up selling. So he did deal away Patrick wow. Mahomes and the 302. He got Joe Burrow, Michael Mayer, the 109 and a 2025 first. This is enough for me to move off of Patrick Mahomes. You got an upside young tight end. You got more importantly, a, an additional elite quarterback who was probably yeah. a buy low at the time because that guy needed production and Burrow was hurt. And then you got the 109 and a 2025 first. This is an insulated trade. Essentially, this is a great move. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there, there's more paths to paying off because if you're looking at it, as much as we know and love Patrick Mahomes, like Joe Burrow's healthy. Like there, you could make the case that maybe he's the 110, 111 valuation in your league right now because he had an injury riddled year. Well, I mean, he could easily ascend back up to the 107, the 108, maybe not higher because he's older now. But I mean, regardless, moving down from, let's just say the 102 in a startup to the 107 and the 108 and pocketing two firsts of liquidity. Now you have more pass, like I said, to paying off. The one nine ends up Brian Thomas, and he has a really strong rookie season, and he ends up being valued as a top 20, top 18 overall dynasty wide receiver. On top of that, having the 25 first banked in uh, for next year. Like, like I said, you have value here. You're getting an elite quarterback. And if any of those first end up being a top three overall startup pick, uh, top three round overall startup pick within the next couple of years, you can make the case that you easily won this deal. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, given how the quarterback is valued in this league, I'm definitely considering taking like you, you say you want neighbors at 105 and Marvin's going to go 101. Given that this Bryce Young deal that you sell off Bryce Young 205, 210 and 211 for the 105, which is a great way of pivoting off of the risky profile now that is Bryce Young. I'm even more likely to just take Caleb Williams 102. And if Drake May or Jay Daniels falls to me at 105 and neighbors is gone, I'm just taking them because you got good value for Bryce Young. You got good value for Patrick Mahomes. It's very clear that you should be able to get good value for Deshaun Watson or Jaden Daniels or Drake May should you decide to move off of one of them after the rookie draft. So yeah, I'm sure. I'm taking best player available with this team. I know it's tempting to take you know whatever you need for your roster, but again, maneuver the board if you can, if you're absolutely married to the idea that you want Malik Neighbors or worst case scenario, take the value as it presents itself to you. And maybe, who knows, you take Jaden Daniels at 105, you might be able to sell Jaden Daniels for Garrett Wilson straight up. Yeah, I mean, like their valuations, I can tell you from a super flex startup standpoint, like Garrett Wilson might be a late second round pick. Uh, like right now, I wouldn't be shocked if Jaden Daniels is a late second round pick, possibly even higher. Like I've seen people say Richardson a was a late first before his rookie season last year. A hundred percent. I've already seen people say that Jaden Daniels is their super flex rookie 101, super flex rookie 102, top 15 overall asset in dynasty. If the buzz keeps creeping that way, and let's just say Washington shocks the world and takes Jaden Daniels at two over Drake May, like even better make, that the Falcons take Jaden Daniels. Yeah, no, exactly. Like no matter where you slice it, you know, Jaden Daniels can get draft capital. You know, Jaden Daniels represents an electric type of ceiling given the rushing upside that he has. Like you can sell that, uh, that script to somebody, even if you're not a big Jaden Daniels believer, I can assure you, you're probably going to get close to, if not at least mid second round start evaluation on him. Yeah, absolutely. So again, we've spent a lot of time on these first two teams. We could probably move on to the next one. Both of you guys are in really good spots. So again, yeah. 
it was fun talking about these. But the Brandon next team we're going to talk about here is from Brendan, uh, 10 team PPR, one quarterback league, but he does have Joe Burrow, Kyler, and some other guys there. Wow. Gibbs, Connor, Spears, Jalen Warren, um, and some other dudes there. Amon Ross, St. Brown, Amari Cooper, Calvin Ridley, Jerry Judy, Jahan Dotson. Apparently, Jahan Dotson's just on everybody's team in this video. <laughs> Dre McBride, David Njoku, K. Dotton does have the 101 this year as well, and a litany of second round picks in the future draft classes, particularly in 2025 and 2026. So again, very stocked up cabinet of assets, already a lot of good star talent on this roster as well. You have one of the top five, top three dynasty tight ends. You have a top five dynasty wide receiver. You have a top two or three dynasty running back. You have one of the best quarterbacks in dynasty. So a lot of good assets on this team. In addition to the amount of dart throws that you might have in future years or conversely of the ability to trade for players. If you want to use some of those picks to do so. So pretty good situation here. He said he plays in a league where the bottom four teams compete for pick seating. Winner gets one Oh one second gets one Oh two and so on. So it looks like he earned the one Oh one that way took over a last place orphan team in 2022 with only value assets being Lamar Jackson and Christian Kirk. None of his own picks, nonstop trading waiver to bring this baby back. And I'm ready to start competing pretty soon. Yeah. I mean, you've done a great job, but this was an orphan in 2022 with no assets. I think you've done a tremendous job with this roster. Exactly. No, I agree. Uh, the amount of assets you're able to rebuild big fan. The only thing I have an issue with is we'll go to the deals. And I just think as much as I love Joe Burrow, this is a gross misevaluation at a, in a one quarterback damn man league, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. So let's talk about that deal. Um, Let's go in reverse order first. Let's talk about the, t- the okay. October 11th and then we'll get up to that one. So Alvin Kamara, you sent away for Jalen Warren, a 2025 first, which is the guy who won the league. So the 110 Smash. in a one quarterback league and then a 2026 second. So, I mean. Yeah. This guy wanted Alvin Kamara. He obviously won the league, so it's it's probably a worthwhile deal for him in hindsight, but that's a great package. I mean, Jalen Warren yeah. is worth more than Alvin Kamara to me in Dynasty, in addition Same. to that 2026 second you pocket, and you got a first-round pick on top of it. So yeah. great, great move there. On um, the 15th of November, again, it is a one-quarterback league. You sell off C.J. Stroud, Rashad White, and T.J. Hawkinson. You get a Monroe St. Brown, Kyler Murray, David Njoku, Smash. a 2024 uh, and 2025 and 2026 second rounder, probably from all the same um, guy. Uh, St. Brown in a one quarterback startup, is what, a top here. six or seven startup pick, top eight startup pick. Yeah, ease with ease. I mean, you can make the case that let's just say top three wide receivers off the board, CeeDee Lamb, uh, Jamar Chase, and of course, Justin Jefferson are the top three picks. Marvin Harrison maybe being the 104. Like you could make the case that Amon or St. Brown is the 105 overall in, in a one quarterback startup league, depending on how you value the running backs. Cause obviously in a one quarterback league value uh, does increase at the running back position. But I think he's at least in a tier with uh, himself, Bijan Robinson, Jameer Gibbs, Brees Hall. So you can make the case, like I said, that Amon or St. Brown might go fifth overall in a one quarterback league. Yeah. I mean, given the injury to Hawkinson, you kind of got lucky a little bit there. Cause I'm assuming yeah. he was healthy when you made this deal and Joku and Hawkinson, not that big of a difference in value right now, given Hawkinson's injury, Kyler Murray and CJ Stroud, basically a wash, just given that it's a one quarterback league. I mean, you'd prefer Stroud, but not by a, a shit ton. And then Rashad white versus St. Brown ate a conversation. Plus you got all that insulated value with those second rounders. So great move there. And then this is the one that you were talking about. Cause you yeah. made this recently on February 1st, um, sends away Tucker craft, the one Oh five, the first round pick of the guy who won the league this year. So again, you'd probably assume it's at least, you know, one Oh seven to one ten next year. And then uh, 2026 first, which is his own, because um, he's saying he wants to compete right now. And the 205, and this is a one quarterback, 10 team league, and you got Joe Burrow in the 207. If this was a super flex league, I could maybe stomach this deal. If it was a super Even flex then, league, it's yeah. still pretty high because you're giving up maybe Drake May or Jaden Daniels in addition to those extra first round picks. In a one quarterback league, yeah, you you push your chips in 
way too heavily. You were fine with Kyler Murray, Jared Goff, to be honest, dude. Like, you didn't need to make yeah. this move at all. And even if you wanted an elite quarterback, you should not have paid this price tag. I just don't get why you had to include the 25 and 26 first. If it was Tucker Craft, the 105 and the 205 for Bro and, and the 207, I understand it at that point. But in a one-quarterback league, like, you could make the case Caleb Williams probably goes off the board 6th, 7th overall. And, I mean, tell me the big difference between Joe Burrow and Caleb Williams in Dynasty. And if not, I mean, I think you can make the case that Caleb Williams, given the age complex, could be even valued higher. Yeah, yeah. This is this is a move where you you said I'm ready to start competing. This is a dangerous mindset. What you need to be ready yeah. to do is go into your house money season and be okay with potentially not competing. The problem is that you don't have your 2025 first by the looks of it. Yeah. So that puts a wrench into things. So what I would potentially do is Set up yourself so that you're okay in a house money window by going and acquiring your own 2025 first if you can, or maybe try and deal some of your second round picks for production added pieces yes. that you can add to your running back core and your wide receiver core that aren't going to cost you a shit ton. So maybe it costs you an early second in 2024, uh, or sorry, the 207 in 2024 plus one of your mid seconds in 2025 to get a package of Mike Evans and Keenan Allen, or maybe it's like three second rounders or, or something like that. Like if you want to backfill this roster with competitive assets, that's fine. If you're trying to compete right now, but you definitely lost this last trade for sure. Yeah. And again, not to harp on it, obviously uh, the other two deals we're big fans on, but um, I just don't know how this package ended up coming to be like realistically I'm, I'm looking at it and, and like it's too first too much. Like I said, yeah, exactly. Like the goal of these dynasty teams when you're rebuilding an orphan, like you've done such a great job of so far, is you let your team tell you when you're ready to compete. You don't necessarily want to say I'm competing now and push all your chips into the middle and make a deal like this. Because if you still had the 105 asset, if you still had those extra picks, you maybe could have gotten better deals. And that's the point. It's like you're an active trader. You have the assets and the the players to be able to make moves and you strike when the iron's hot. When Jamar Chase has a down season. You're the type of guy that's going to be sending offers for him. When, you know, TJ Hawkinson goes down with an ACL tear, you're the type of guy that's going to go after that because you have the luxury of time. You have the luxury of assets on your roster. So that's, you were doing that for a long time and you got a little bit away from that with this last deal. Um, So just stay the course with this team is the one thing I would say. Yeah, no, I completely agree. Like if this was a deal for like, maybe like, I don't know, you got Jamar Chase or CeeDee Lamb or Justin Jefferson. I would understand it. But the other thing, too, is in a one-quarterback league, already having Kyler Murray and Jared Goff, you just didn't really even need Joe Burrow. To that, yeah, that's that's what I said earlier. Is like you didn't actually even need Joe Burrow, yeah. to be honest. You could have competed with the two quarterbacks you have, especially knowing they have the stack with Amon Ross St. Brown. If you ever need to not use Kyler Murray, it's like if you were going to go get an elite quarterback, what I would have done instead is taken Jared Goff or Kyler Murray, added them to the deal, and yes. seeing how much more it costs you to get to – CJ Stroud or to whatever quarterback you wanted to get. Yeah, no, I agree. Uh, yeah, I, I, overall, outside of that deal, I think you've done a great job. Like Corey said, you have a ton of assets. You do have the 101. Uh, I, I'm more than comfortable adding Marvin Harrison Jr. to this team for the record as well. And aside from the other picks, 207, 303, 503, along with the seconds next year, like Corey said, try to leverage it and see if you can get some production if you are ready to compete, which not having your 25-1 or 26-1, uh, your own uh, picks, is going to put you in that type of window. Next uh, team that we're going to get into here is from Kyle, 12-team, 
PPR, four point per passing touchdown, half tight end premium, super flex format. Lamar is the main quarterback there. Not much else going on other than Sam Howell, uh, Roshan Johnson, Kyron Williams buried there. JK Dobbins, Ramondre Stevenson, and Jalen Warren. So it's a pretty decent running back core. Wide receiver core, not so much. You got Garrett Wilson, you got DK Metcalf, Rasheed Rice. So those are good options there. But then the rest of the core is a little bit suspect. Jalen Hyatt, Rashad Bateman, guys like that. And then Trey McBride, Pat Fryermuth is a pretty solid tight end core, if I do say so myself. 101, 103, 112, 210. 211, 212, 301, and 304, plus all of your future 2025 and probably 2026 picks as well. Um, what are your what are your thoughts on this roster, first and foremost? Yeah, I mean, right off the bat, you do have um, I mean, a guy like Lamar Jackson to head it. Obviously, those what uh, those picks, the 101, 103 in particular, like they're they're needle moving type of assets, and they build a strong nucleus. On top of that, having Garrett Wilson, DK Metcalf, you know, a guy like Trey McBride. Uh, Kyron Williams, like you have a really, really strong roster to be able to enter a house money uh, type of stretch. All top of that, having your 25, one, two, and three, I think this roster is in a really good position. And I mean, speaking of, we can just transition to the deal you made on February 6, 2024. Um, this is uh, what, right before the Super Bowl, you're able to make this deal. You end up trading Brock Purdy and the 201 in exchange for the 103, the 210, I believe that is, along with a 2024, 304. In a 10-man league, or sorry, not a 10-man, in a start 10 league, this is a smash in my opinion. I'm looking at the 103 compared to Brock Purdy. I would rather have the 103. And then in that instance, it's like, if you made the case it was Brock Purdy plus the 201 for the 103, I would still take the 103. So getting the 210 and the 304 back in this type of setup, like if it was a start 12, start 13, that's one thing. And a start 10, just give me the elite 103 asset that it, that it represents. Yeah, and you're going to get some decent options with that 210 and with that 304. Yeah. It's a deep class. Um, yeah, great move. I, I, if you're not a Brock Purdy fan, I think you got very adequate value for him. Sometimes when people are not a fan of a player, they'll sell them low. And I actually think you got pretty much market value, if not even above market value, for what Brock Purdy is actually worth. So he does say, um, a lot of people are going to ask us this question. I want Marvin. The guy in front of me wants Marvin. I feel like we're going to have this question all offseason. The guy at 102, he thinks wants Marvin Harrison. He already has two stud quarterbacks. It's probably a reasonable assumption. He said, should I try and trade up from 103 to 102 to secure Marvin Harrison Jr.? And then also he says, what do I do with all these picks? I'm definitely weak at running back. I wouldn't say you're definitely weak at running back. I think you could actually build out like a hero RB with Kyron Williams here. Ramondre, Ramondre. Jalen Warren, Roshan Johnson. You might be able to figure out your RB2 no problem with those guys. You kind of are just lacking depth in general at the skill positions. Running back and wide receiver. You do need a little bit more firepower in both position groups. Just not like a ton in either. Like it's like you have a pretty balanced group both uh, together there. So what are your thoughts on him trading up for Marvin first and foremost? More than comfortable doing it with this roster, especially. Uh, would you give up one twelve to do it? Would you t- do one three no. and one twelve for it? No. What I would do is you mentioned that the guy at two wants Marvin. They have two stud quarterbacks. Yeah, you, you leverage to him. Say, hey, listen, like I'm comfortable taking Marvin Harrison one hundred one here. Convince him the fact that you're comfortable of taking Marvin Harrison one hundred one. Yeah, because you have the one hundred three, and you're like, I'm. I don't really care. Caleb's fine, but I actually like Jaden and Drake May the same amount or whatever. And you can convince him that you're going to take play the, the game. Yeah, that, that's playing the game. Like, you're not unleashing your hands. Like, that guy has the 102. It's very clear, given his setup, that he needs Marvin Harrison Jr. Well, you say to him, hey, like, Marvin Harrison's going 101 here. I'm willing to take him, and I'm comfortable taking either of the two quarterbacks. Should you take a quarterback at that 102 spot? But you taking a quarterback is going to put you behind the eight ball because instead of having two stud quarterbacks and a stud wide receiver, now you're going to have to sell one of your three stud quarterbacks. Yeah, play the game. yeah, absolutely. So yeah, convince him that you're going to take Marvin, I guess. Maybe maybe you've already told him that you're not going to take Marvin or something, or he knows you're going to take Caleb. Regardless, get in his head a little bit, see what he, he's willing to do. 
Um, this is the team, the type of team, like but, you said. And real quick uh, you, on that. Yeah, go ahead. If, if he does say, okay, you know what? Like I, I'm willing to trade from the 102 to the 103 if you're taking Marvin. Then if you can get that for, let's just say the 103 plus, I don't know, uh, a decent. 211 and 301 or something. Yeah, or maybe he wants, like, I'd be willing to give Fryermuth in this deal because you have Trey McBride and say, hey, listen, like, I'm willing to give you this. Like, this is a good young tight end. You can build, uh, you can, you know, build him up uh, in terms of value because he's coming off a bad year. At that point, because you have the Trey McBride, I'm much more willing to stomach that type of package. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, my thoughts on just taking 103 Malik neighbors, I, again, I would maneuver the board. Like, you have the yeah. flexibility that you're not. You're probably not going to be in a competitive window next year. Maybe if things break right for you, but that's why we said you're probably a house money team. Once you spend these picks, like if you add Caleb Williams to the team, you add, say you trade down from one Oh three to one Oh five, you get Malik neighbors and an extra two Oh four on top of it from trading down to one three to one five. Then you're going to be able to add a bunch of dart throws, 112, 210, 205, 211, 212, 301, 304. And then maybe if things break right for you, you hit on the next tank Dell, you hit on the next Rasheed Rice, you hit on the next Puka Nakua or whatever, then maybe you're in a competitive window at that point. But regardless, you're going to have a well-set-out, strong foundation. And if you're not ready to compete by week seven or eight or something like that, you'll probably know. Maybe you can sell off Roshan Johnson because he's performing at a high level. Or maybe you can sell off Kyron Williams. You can sell off. J.K. Dobbins came back from his injury or whatever. Ramondre Stevenson's still a workhorse running back. So you do have a lot of flexibility with this team, which is nice. Um, but yeah, don't be afraid to maneuver the board because you're going to be in a house yeah. money window, not in a competitive window. That is the, the key distinction you want to make with this team. You're going to be maybe a, a semi-contender, but you want to maintain your flexibility if you can, punt some picks into 2025 to even further that flexibility. And the other thing I'm doing with this team, first and foremost, is if you're able to keep the 112 uh, in these packages, or maybe like the guy at the 102 has like the 204 and says, you know what, like I'm willing to trade down, but I want the 112 and I'll give you back the 204. So you move up one spot, I move up four. Un unless something like that happens, say you have the 112, the thing I'd be doing with the 112 is right off the bat, because you're entering a host money window, seeing if you can parlay, parlay that pick into 2025. Can you get a mid to late projected 2025 one for the 112 trade up? I would be willing to do that. And maybe because the immediate, uh, the immediacy factor, you're able to get maybe, you know, a one and a three or a one and a late projected two. Like maybe you get some value on top of that 112 given the immediacy. Yeah, I got I got a 2024 first for the 204 in last year's class. Sometimes people just really want a player, right? They just they're yeah. like, I need this player on my team, and I I will give you a, a random first for an early second because they think that player should have went in the first. So in their mind, it's like, oh, I didn't lose anything. That player should have went in the first round. So yeah. uh, regardless, uh, you have a lot of flexibility with this team. I think you've done a good job so far. And uh, we can probably move on to the next team here, which is from Andrew T. Andrew Tate submitting teams here. Uh, 12 team, half PPR, six point for passing touchdown, half tight end premium, super flex format. Deshaun Watson is the only quarterback to speak of. Running backs are pretty barren as well. Tight end is T Higgins, or tight end. Um, wide receiver is T Higgins, Christian Watson, uh, Christian Watson, Zay Flowers, Traylon Burks, and some other guys there. Trey McBride is your main tight end. So pretty barren cupboard in terms of players that you have. You have Trey McBride and T Higgins and a couple other guys that are maybe worth something, but you do have a ton of draft capital. 101, 108, 109, 201, 205, 209. A lot of fourth rounders, like four of them. Uh, and then you have a bunch of first rounders in 2025 as well. You got three uh, in 2025 and three seconds in 2025 as well. So very one. Of, it's one of these teams where you're just like, I want to you know, stack up the team. He does say he listed as half PPR. It is actually a tiered PPR based on distance per reception. So that's a really interesting uh, wrinkle to the scoring format. Um, he said, are there any stars I should be buying low on right now using my liquidity to go after? I would say, generally speaking, when your team is in a state like this, 
I'm not usually likely to go buy low on stars. Stars meaning like guys that are going to cost you multiple assets at least. Like if it's a guy that's like, you know, going to cost you one pick or one yeah. of your assets, then I'm fine buying low at that point. But if you mean like, oh, Jamar Chase is kind of on the low, I can send 108 and 109 for him right now. It's like mm -hmm. your team's not really in a position to make a move like that, even though that's yeah. a good deal for Jamar Chase. I mean, if it's 108 and 109, then I, like I, I have to buy value smash out on Jamar Chase, knowing that I can get more, especially. Right. But generally season, but... speaking, you're only yeah, seeking, you're not you're not get seeking that type of deals out of that structure. You're kind of only doing that unless your hands are tied and you have to take the deal. Yeah, like if let's just say you were in a position and like Jamar Chase came available and you can get him for like 95 cents on the dollar, that's not worth it in your spot given what you need to add to this team. Like it would have to be, oh, like this guy's fire sailing and he's willing to take 75% of the value. Then at that point, I'm more willing to do it because I know inherently I'm going to be able to make a profit. But like Corey said, uh, in your spot, you're not really in a position to go after a super stud assuming that it's pretty cl close to their market value. Yeah. And I mean, I think he has the right mindset here. He basically says in 2024, my goal here is to use all these picks in a loaded quarterback and a loaded wide receiver class to build out my quarterback and wide receiver position. At 101, you take Caleb Williams, maybe 108, 109, you want to venture into the JJ McCarthy or, you know, yeah. kind of landscape there. You could, or you could just smash Brian Thomas, Xavier Worthy, Troy Franklin, Lad McConkey, whatever wide receiver yeah. you like at that point, 201, 205, 209, you're going to get some good dart throws at wide receiver again with those picks. And he said, I'll take a falling value if it falls to me, Jonathan Brooks or Jatavian Sanders or whatever. But for the most part, yeah, I think that's a good plan. And then in 2025, as I talked about a couple of weeks ago or a week ago, the class is going to be quite strong at running back and you're going to have the picks uh, ample to um, rebuild your running back core. If you walk away from this class with four or five hits at wide receiver and a hit at quarterback, or maybe two hits at quarterback. And then next year's class, you walk away with four or five hits at running back. You're going to be in a really good spot come 2025 season. Yeah, no, completely. So uh, looking here, he says he has no problem sticking and picking. Like we said, quarterback and wide receiver this year, unless Johnny Brooks even falls. Look, I, I agree with that. He said he's going to be looking for more 2025 running backs. And I, I mean, you, you literally outlined the class for the channel. Like this is going to be set up to be a really strong running back class in 2025, especially when compared to the lack of, uh, you know, firepower in the running back class this year. Yeah. And he does say, I thought about using some of my 2025 assets to get into more 2024 assets. And in that video, I suggested that like, Hey, the 2025 class is very good at running back and it's definitely better than this year's class. But the wide receiver class is a little suspect. The quarterback yeah. class okay. could be suspect. There's guys that I kind of believe in, but apparently the NFL is not really high on it. We don't look like we have a Brock Bowers tight end, definitely not even uh, a, a Jatavian Sanders potential tight end in a 2025 yeah. class. If you could, I don't hate the idea of getting back into the first round. Like if all it costs you to get a 105 in this year's class is like a mid projected 2025 first and like a mid second, then sure. I, I think that's a fine move to make. But at the same time, like I said, you're not really in a position to parlay volume of assets into better assets unless a deal presents itself where it's just such a great deal for you. So like I said, unless you can get a, a top seven pick in this class for like a random 2025 first or something like that, I'm probably not going to be in the business of like trying to get as many picks in this class as possible. Yeah, I agree. And uh, he has some trades listed here that he was able to do. Uh, uh, October 27th sent Isaiah Pacheco from Michael Carter and a 24 first that ended up being the 108. I mean, very, very good process. Um, that could have even ended up earlier, but 108, I would comfortably take over Isaiah Pacheco, assuming that is a Brian Thomas or a J.J. McCarthy, or maybe you get lucky. J.J. McCarthy goes top eight oh, uh, in the rookie, or in the rookie draft, in the NFL draft, and maybe a Brock Bowers, maybe a Romo Dunze fall because people are worried about their landing saw because Romo Dunze fell to, I don't know, 14th overall to the Saints. 
Yeah, for sure. And then the other deals he made, I mean, he obviously made these last off season. He sold a bunch of junk for a 2025 first yeah. and third. So that was Smash. a good move. I mean, this one's an interesting deal because we talk about stuff like this all the time. He sells, he sells Joe Burrow, Dalvin cook in a second. So basically Joe Burrow, for the most part, he got his own first back. That's the key part here. Right. And he turned it into the one one because he was tanking his own first gets the one eleven, the two Oh five trail on Burks and uh, Tyler Huntley. So uh, the one one is what you obviously wanted here. Yeah, and I mean, it's just kudos, uh, kudos uh, cherry on top that you got uh, Zay Flowers at the 111 last year because, I mean, Zay Flowers obviously has outperformed that 111 price tag. We had him ranked 109, too, so that, that was yeah. just a value at the time. Absolutely, and I mean, if I'm looking at this, I've been looking at my dynasty rankings, and I keep coming back to the fact that Joe Burrow is going to be 28 uh, years old. Caleb Wynn is going to be the first overall pick with a, with a very good insulated situation. I'm starting to lean that maybe Caleb Williams should be ranked ahead of Joe Burrow in startups, to be honest. Yeah. And at that I mean, point, at least it's a conversation. Because I just think Joe Burrow is the second best quarterback in the league, to be honest. So I, I'm Fair. I'm willing to forego a couple years of age for the known fact that this guy it's is at least a combo, though. with great talent around him right yeah. now. So we differ a little bit on Joe Burrow, but I don't think given your team's situation, it's definitely not outrageous yeah. to say that you would prefer at least Caleb Williams in the 111 insulated value-wise um, to Joe Burrow, the asset for sure. So yeah, that was a great move. I mean, he did, it looks like he tore it down uh, in April of last year, selling Jalen Hurts, TJ Hawkinson, Austin Eckler, and two threes, get Deshaun Watson, Christian Watson, the 109, 2025 first and second. I mean, selling Jalen Hurts last year, I maybe would have wanted better assets as opposed to volume of assets, but Deshaun Watson was a good buy low last year. So I think that was good process. Christian Watson was a good buy last year. I think that was good process. And you got two ones to make up for any kind of lapses in value that Watts, the Watson bros there have actually seen in their value. So overall, I think this was a great move. He said at the time, I feel like I sold Burrow a little low. Um, he was kind of holding his first for ransom. I mean, sometimes you got to do that. He knew you were going to yeah. tank your first. So he wanted um, Joe Burrow back yeah. in return. That was smart on both of your parts, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, I mean, and it ended up materializing for you because, like I said, I think uh, even if you prefer Burrow at the at the worst, it's a conversation. And the fact that you're able to get Zay Flowers out of it, like that, more than bridges the gap. Yeah, I mean, maybe I would have tried because he says too, like once I made that Hurts trade, he knew I was rebuilding. Maybe try and make the Burrow trade first, so you don't have to give yeah. up quite as much. But they're made the same I mean, day. The so you ask for your own first back. Any dynasty player is going to understand that you're trying to rebuild. Any good yeah. dynasty player, at least, especially when he goes to the league chat and he sees that you traded Hurts, Hawkinson, Eckler, who was a top three running back coming into the year in terms of expectation. Like he's going to see that and be like, oh, this guy's rebuilding. Perfect. I have his first round. Yeah, pick. You're Let not go, getting your one back yeah. unless you give me everything you got. Yeah, but I want your firstborn. I want, I want fucking Joe Burrow. I want, you know, uh, a first rights to your first house. Like it, he, he could ask for whatever he wanted at that point. Yeah, exactly. So um, we can move on to the next team. I think you're in a good spot there, Andrew. Uh, Guntier, I believe he's German, a German buddy of ours here. Um, he has a 12-team super flex league here, Joe Burrow and Daniel Jones. He lists literally nothing at running back, so he's probably got a very barren running back core. DJ Moore, Drake London, JSN, T. Higgins, Nico Collins, Burks, Godwin, um, Dotson, Elijah Moore, Wicks. Pretty good wide receiver core, obviously. Trey McBride, Fryermuth, and Kate Otten's definitely adequate at tight end. And then he has the 102, the 104, the 110, 202, 203, uh, and then a lot of future capital as well. Bunch of thirds in the next two draft classes, an extra first in 2025, maybe 2026 as well. I'm not sure if he, I think he means 25 and 26 there, the way it's listed, but regardless, very strong, again, cabinet of assets that he's got going here. He says, oh, yeah. this is an IDP league. Uh, and that's why um, Nick Bolton was actually in the trade that we talk about here in a second. 
Um, but he only has four IDP players, so it's not a major thing. He said, I was wondering how you guys would attack both the rookie draft and trades with this team. He said, I don't think my team is ready to compete this year. Obviously, he doesn't have anything at running back yet. And I'm hoping to have a competitive team in 2025. He said, I just lost out on the 101 this year after somehow winning two of his last four games. So uh, looking at the team, I mean, it definitely sucks that you lost out on 101 given your team's state. You really, I really mean, could have used Caleb Williams. But I will say. thankfully... A lot of people really love Marvin Harrison Jr. So maybe that guy is going to take Caleb and it's going to cost you a little bit to pry Caleb away from him. But I would definitely uh, see how much it costs you to move from 102 to 101 or even potentially 104 to 101. Or you could just be like, ah, I missed out on Caleb, but I'm going to get Drake Mayer, Jane Daniels. That's kind of what I was thinking about this is you let the 101 do whatever the heck he wants. Because then you have two separate value bundles that you would be more than okay with. If he takes Marvin Harrison at the 101, then you end up with Caleb Williams and Malik Neighbors. If he takes Caleb Williams at the one, 101, then you end up with Marvin Harrison Jr. and insert quarterback Drake May slash Jaden Daniels, depending on who falls in your league. Yeah, and you're guaranteed to get one of them because 103 yeah. can't take both of them. I would I would maybe consider, if you want to walk out of this draft with Marvin and Caleb Williams, see how much 104 to 101 would cost you because maybe that guy's really, really rebuilding. and He's like, I want 104 <laughs> plus... Like, would you give up, this might be a reasonable trade package he asked for. Would you give up 104 plus the later of your projected 2025 first to move up from 104 to 101? That is interesting. Um, so, I mean, if you're talking about valuation difference, uh, let's just say 101, like that guy is set to take Marvin Harrison Jr. Slash Caleb. Let's say Caleb. Let's say it's Caleb because goes, that's why you're making the goes, trade. So you're essentially yeah. giving up QB3 in this class or Malik Neighbors for um would Caleb you rather plus giving a first on top of it? Well, I mean, it comes down to your own relative cost. Do you think Drake may and Caleb Williams are close enough to you where you'd, you'd be comfortable package or taking the first to move off of Caleb for Drake or vice versa to add the first to move up from Drake to Caleb. Excuse me. Yeah, no, it's, it, it's really all about what it costs you. But regardless, even if you stuck with one two, one, four, and you're just like, I'm just going to take Marvin and, uh, and Drake may, or I'm just going to take, like, if he takes Marvin one, I'm going to get Caleb at one Oh two. And then I'm going to get Malik neighbors at one Oh four or whatever. You're in a good spot. I mean, at one ten, you asked us what to do with the rookie picks one ten, two Oh two and two Oh three. You're right in that honey pot of wide receivers that are going to get good draft capital. So yeah. whatever guy you like on the clock I, at that point, you get Xavier worthy onto this team. You get Brian Thomas onto this team. You get Lad McConkey onto this team, Troy Franklin, Adam Mitchell. It doesn't really matter. Whatever one you actually prefer, you're going to walk away with a couple of these guys. Since you have nothing at running back as well, I wouldn't, you know, be opposed to taking a running back with one of those picks or multiple of those picks as well, because in 2024, maybe you're in a house money window. If you can hit on everything, because your wide receiver core is already pretty freaking loaded. Like if you added Marvin hypothetically or neighbors to this wide receiver core, you really don't have to do anything else. Your tight end core is ready to compete. You add Caleb or one of the other quarterbacks to this quarterback core, and you're probably ready to compete there too. So if you wanted to add RB one and two at two Oh two and two Oh three, that's what I was being kind of like a house money year, hoping yeah. those rookie running backs hit spend that three twelve four Oh four or four Oh five and four eleven on dart throw running backs too. Maybe you could actually compete this year and mid season, you trade a second round pick for James Connor or something like that. Yeah. Like if this was a start 12 or 13, cause you mentioned the wide receivers, I'd be more willing to do that, but because it's a start nine, I really do think the 110, uh, 202, and 203 is like the sweet spot for you in the sense that you have a lot of potential uh, trades that you can potentially make. Or like I said, I wouldn't spend the 202 and the 203 on wide receivers for the record because you have uh, more, because you have London, because you have JSN, T. Higgins, Nico Collins, and you're probably adding Marvin Harrison Jr. or Malik Nader to this team. What I would instead do is, like Corey said, 
Can you get RB1 and 2 off the board at the 202-203? Or maybe you have to spend the 110 on one of them. And the pick that you're left over, maybe you transition it into 2025 capital. Or maybe you transition it into buying low on a running back that maybe... Maybe you can get Rashad White for 202 and 312. You know what I mean? Like, it's possible you could do something like that. Maybe you can get Isaiah Pacheco for the 203 straight up or something like that. You could make moves like that. You have a lot of flexibility, which is the nice thing. Because your wide receiver core, your tight end core, and one more quarterback added to this team. And you're, you're pretty much ready to compete outside of running backs. Yeah, no, I completely agree. You're in a good spot. A couple of trades listed here, and then I think we can wrap it up. Uh, uh, this first trade uh, traded away Isaiah Likely, a tw- uh, fifth round pick in 2024. Got Daniel Jones a third and a fourth. I mean, Isaiah Likely, even if somebody's a- a- incredibly optimistic on him, it's probably worth a third round pick. And then you got Daniel Jones in a fourth for a fifth. So really like that side of the deal that you're able to get there. Uh, really, really good asset management. And uh, apparently this happened when uh, the Burrow Andrews injury happened. So uh, the guy was like, oh, I just lost my Mark Andrews. I want to trade for Isaiah Likely. So this is a type of deal that I love making. You end up profiting in terms of picks. He ends up getting some of the production that Isaiah Likely was giving him at the tail end of last year. Yeah, and similarly with this other deal here, he sells yeah. Lamar and Ayuk, who are obviously McBride. having great fantasy football seasons. You receive Burrow, Higgins, McBride, and two third rounders. I mean, Burrow and Lamar are worth the same amount to me. Maybe you prefer Lamar slightly. I prefer Burrow slightly, so I think they're worth the same amount. Yeah. Higgins versus Ayuk, I prefer Ayuk, but it's not a huge, huge difference. It's definitely not that like Higgins in the two thirds would be enough for me to move off of Ayuk. I think maybe not that much, uh, or, or maybe not that little. Like at least a two, I would say. But regardless, like you said, McBride um, is a top three tight end in Dynasty, so it doesn't matter. I mean, if we're equating this out, let's just say like the Lamar Lamar Jackson goes one hundred five in startups. Joe Burrow goes. Let's just say for ease sake, balancing it out, goes one hundred eight, one hundred nine. Okay, one hundred five to one hundred eight, one hundred nine. Ayuk probably a fourth round startup pick, or third or fourth round startup pick. T Higgins probably in the fifth five, six turn type of area, maybe in the most pessimistic room. Regardless though, you're profiting a McBride who's going to be at the minimum, a top five round pick in my opinion. And possibly in some rooms, could we, go dude, we did a mock draft yet like two days ago and he went at the three Oh one, like with the tight end premium. That he is actually the second best asset you got over Higgins. With, no, I, I, I would actually make the case. I would take McBride over Higgins straight up. So yeah. Yeah. So definitely a great move for you there. During the season, he has some trades too. He sold the 212 for Dotson, taking a dart throw on him. I think that's fine. Tyson Chandler or uh, Ty Chandler, sorry, yeah. for uh 2026 third. Definitely a solid move yep. there. You sold off on a guy that wasn't really going to be worth anything after this year. Deshaun Watson, QJ, a 25 fourth and a 410. Oh, you got oh. DJ Moore, Godwin, a 26 first, two thirds in the 205. Smash. Absolute fleece and a half of that deal. Great job. I, I, Deshaun Watson and DJ Moore are worth the same amount. And I would honestly prefer DJ Moore. So yeah. you basically got a, a 205, a, a first and two thirds for Quentin Johnston and two fourths. <laughs> that must have happened like right when Mike Williams got hurt and right before people were out on Deshaun Watson. And that was right before DJ Moore ended up exploding in the mid portion of the yeah, season. Great timing, probably. Great on that timing. Trade, but yeah, definitely uh, some good moves. I mean, I trust your ability. You've done a great yeah. job so far. We could move on to the last team of the video here, which is from Bobby O. Um, another mother flocker again, 12 team, half, t- uh, half PBR, four point per passing touchdown, half tight end premium, super flex format, Joe Burrow, Dak Prescott, Derek Carr, Ryan Tannehill, pretty di- good quarterback core there. Austin Eckler as the main running back with Tank Bigsby and some other guys, AJ Brown, Garrett Wilson, TK Metcalf, T Higgins, Marquise Brown, um, Jaden Reed, Jerry Judy, Josh Downs, very good wide receiver core, Pop Douglas buried down at the bottom there with Wandale, Mark Andrews, Michael Mayer, um, somehow has the 106 and just a, a litany of first rounders in 2025. I don't know why everybody hates the 2025 class in your league, but five ones in any class are guaranteed to go up in value. So again, 
it's it's fitting that we had a monster team to start the video and we have a future monster team to end the video here because this is the type of team I'm looking to cash potentially. Maybe not all of these first rounders, maybe not, but like your team is a couple running backs away from winning the championship. I agree. Now the problem here is he's looking to contend, would like some guidance on what to do next and what players to target. This is the context. My league values running backs heavily. Thanks. If your league values vet running backs heavily, that's assuming what you mean. Cause I mean, you have so many first round picks. I don't think they've materialized the fact that guess what? Probably four or five of those running backs that may go in the first next year are probably going to be valued as top 15 overall running backs in terms of dynasty rankings. So you mentioned that you want to contend this year and in normal circumstances, if you can cash in those picks and buy running backs in a normal league market, I would completely agree with you, but I'm selling Austin Eckler. I'm house moneying the crap out of this team. And then I'm just inserting those running backs next year and dominating the league. Because if you have to pay up and pay 120% of the value on running backs this year, I don't think that's worth it, to be honest. Instead, I would look to that 2025 class and seeing the depth and the top-end talent that it has, and that's when I'm building my running back core. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so if your league values running backs heavily, there's a good chance that Bijan, Brees, Gibbs, unattainable. Like they're yes. they're gonna cost you way too much. It's gonna be three ones that you have to pay for. The those others guys. aren't worth it for you. But I will say, if Kyron Williams, Rashad White, Travis Etienne, Jonathan Taylor range for whatever reason, there's a blind spot on the value of those players because they don't believe in them for one reason or another. If you can get them for one first rounder, like if you have a, a projected mid to late one next year and you can sell it for Travis Etienne or you could sell it for Kyron Williams, you can sell it for Jonathan Taylor. I'm okay doing that, but again. You're just inquiring about this because the fallback plan is what Danny just said. You spend that 106 on, you know, whoever you want to spend it on this year, Romo Dunze or whatever, and you get a high-end uh, group of running backs in next year's class. You can fill yep. up your running back core with Ollie Gordon, Amari and Hampton, um, Ashton Jansen. Like you have a million options next year, pretty much. Like just yeah. trust me. You, when I say you literally guys. have potentially a 2020 running back class incoming where we're going to have five running backs that go in the top 50 overall picks. Yeah, we didn't even mention guys like Nick Singleton, Catron Allen, Donovan Edwards goes the back seniors to school, going back like, to school this year. Travian Henderson, Raheem Sanders, um, Devin Neal. Like it, it's a great class, man. Like there is a lot of underclassmen that could blow up this year and become future first rounders, even potentially like it's not out of the range of outcomes that we have a Bijan or a Gibbs in this class, or maybe a couple. Yeah, no, I completely agree. I mean, like you, th this actually perfectly set up the fact that you built the structure, the foundation of the rest of your team. And it just so happens that the year you align all of those first round capital is the exact position you need to contend anyways. And I mean, fuck at that point, once people start realizing how sick that class is, maybe they're willing to budge off of Jameer Gibbs. Maybe they're willing to budge off of Bijan, off of Brisol, off of right. someone like that, because they see an easy suit to be able to replace that running back production. Yeah. And if mid season, you know, for whatever reason you actually hit on some running backs, like, I don't know how you would, but like, let's just say mid season, you were actually treading water and you were like four and two or something. And everybody's seeing Ollie Gordon and Ashton, J like everybody's lighting up college football and they know this running back class is about to be sick at that point. Then yeah, maybe you can buy low on a, you know, hamstring injury, Brees Hall. Cause he's missed the last two games or something like that. Um, at that point in time, but regardless, again, you, you could just literally wait this out and, and spend those picks and you'd be in a good spot. So um, that is the end of the video. We are going to uh, head out of here because we have gone a little bit long on this one. But again, if you guys enjoyed, leave a like down below. Subscribe to the channel if you are new around here. If you want way more Dynasty content, way more rookie content, our Dynasty Wall Street Journal, our first edition of our draft guide is now officially live. 
top 30 prospect rankings, 30 player write-ups, 30 player cards, pro comps, all the stuff that you could want, fantasy outlook, how to handle them in rookie drafts as of right now, constantly updated throughout the offseason. March 15th, we're going to have another 20 prospects and the combine updates for the measurables and all the testing numbers and all that kind of stuff. If you're interested in that, in addition to first priority to dynasty decisions like you get in these videos, head on over to flockfantasy.com. Make sure to use the promo code FSE for 30% off. Start your seven-day free trial today, and trust me, you're going to want to stay on board a long time, not just for seven days. You're going to want to sign up for that annual membership. And when you sign up annually, you get a free Zoom consultation with one of us. After you sign up annually, just reach out to us and we'll have that booked up for you. And we can talk about whatever you want to talk about, probably dynasty fantasy football related. But even if you want to talk about anything, we'll talk about anything with you. So with that being said, peace out and we'll talk to you soon.